it's been very interesting this week. Just kind of give a little bit of update on myself, as you know uh, from my past podcast that I uh, that I had a little bit of an accident, <laughs> and I've been uh, out of work for about a week and a half now, nursing a cracked rib and some dislocated ribs as a rate of as a result of a fall that took place uh, when I was returning to my hub and. Um, I fell out of the, I tripped and misstepped and I fell out of the back of my truck and, and cracked some ribs and it's been a long process, uh, but I'm making some, I'm making good progress. I'm starting to heal up. I'm able to breathe now and, uh, which is a good thing and take nice deep breaths and, and, uh, being able to kind of like lay on my side when I go to bed at night, um, instead of having to lay on my back the whole time, which trying to find a place that's comfortable where I don't feel like uh, I have knives sticking in my sides and in my stomach. Uh, it's good. It's been good for my core. I just have to let you know that because my core and my stomach muscles have been tense for like the last two weeks. So that's really helped my, my core strength a lot, I believe. So there's a positive on this. I have to give a kudos to my uh, employers. They've been very helpful and very good in taking care of me and making sure that I'm, uh, you know, financially okay and everything else like that and I really give thanks to have being able to work with good people and and uh, it's uh, hopefully by next week I got one more doctor's appointment to as a follow-up to see if everything's uh, going the way that we're planning on going and hopefully I can get back to week midweek next week you know I woke up this morning and um, I, uh, I things don't really kind of bug me too much um, in the news and things like that. I kind of take it as, with a with a grain of salt a lot of times, especially anything to do with the media, with politics, and anything like that. And I take it for granted. But today, I woke up and I saw this uh, I saw this article that just kind of really just infuriated me, and. Uh, and I wanted to I wanted to bring it up because I just th- it tells you exactly where our media is today, and 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 how they try to change the narrative on things. Um, this this thing came through the Daily Wire, and um, it was it, I guess uh, who was it? Um, uh, Good Morning America had uh, this uh, Gage Grosskrauts, who is the guy that pointed the gun. At Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, the night that uh, Rosenbaum was shot and killed, and uh, he and another, um, I guess, assailant, I guess that's what you can call him, were shot. Um, this gauge admitted to pointing a gun at uh, Kyle, and uh, in his testimony, which I thought was really kind of, I saw the, I saw the video on this, and it, it was just the the classic with the prosecution team sitting behind uh, the guy who's asking the questions, and their heads, their hands are like, their heads are down, and uh, they know that that what they just heard was just detrimental to their case. It was just, it was just mind blowing to watch them. It was actually kind of comical, um, and it's, this whole case should have never gone to. Should have never gone to trial. Um, it's incredible what they're trying to do to this this young man, this eighteen year old, who is who, to my understanding, went to this location to try to go there in a, in a manner to help, and brought along a weapon with him just to protect himself. 
and I get that I would have done the same thing. I would have brought I, I would I carry Glock, and I would have I would have brought that with me. I don't care about I really don't care whether he's carrying a rifle or whether he's carrying a handgun or whatever he's doing. It doesn't make any difference. It really doesn't make any difference to me. Uh, I would have brought something to protect myself as well. Anyway, this guy they interviewed him, uh, this Gage douchebag um, who was pointing a gun at at Kyle during this event. And Good Morning America thought it was a good idea to bring this guy on right after he had testified and basically embarrassed the prosecution's case to death. And uh, anyway, I just want to read a little bit uh, from the Daily Wire. This is just days after he appeared on the stand, Gage Grosskrauts, I guess that's the way you say it. I don't know how to say his last name, but I'll, I'll, I'll butcher it. Uh, went on Good Morning America and derided defendant Kyle Rittenhouse for crying as he testified about the moments leading up to the fatal shooting on August 25th, 2020. And this is this is what he says. Okay, to me, okay, this is Gage, to me it seemed like a child who had just gotten caught doing something that he wasn't supposed to do. He was more upset that he got caught and less upset about what he had done and what he had taken and numerous lives that he had affected through his actions that night. Okay, so what he's saying is that he thinks that he seemed like a child who just got caught like smoking in the bathroom or smoking some weed or you know got caught looking at some porn by his parents and he's kind of like sitting there saying that that he caught got caught doing something that he wasn't supposed to be doing and dude you're the one who shoot you're the one who's pointing a gun at this guy and let me tell you something okay if that was me and I was in Kyle's situation okay and you were pointing the gun at me, you think that I'm going to sit and wait and, until you fire your gun at me and possibly kill me and shoot me in the head? No, buddy. You know what I would have done? I would have emptied my magazine into you. That's what I would have done, okay? Because you're defending yourself. You're not sitting there, uh, whatever. I don't know. What are you? Are you a therapist? Are you a psychologist trained in, this, in, this, in these things? This is an 18-year-old kid who was put in, who was in a situation, okay, that he had already shot one man, okay, who was threatening his life, and I'll read a little bit more about that. But he already shot one man who was a, a career criminal, who was a rapist, by the way. This was not a you know a dad going out and and picketing or uh, rioting or peacefully protesting. He was yelling and screaming at this guy and and Kyle and chasing him and threatening him, wanting to kill him. Okay, and you're going to sit there and say, make a statement like he got caught doing something he wasn't supposed to do, like he was smoking cigarettes in the bathroom or something. Jesus, Uh, you know, I can't believe you guys. You know, I can't believe I cannot believe that Good Morning America would even pull a crappy, crappy stunt like this. Anyway, you know, he Rittenhouse was was not, I believe, in imminent fear of danger for his own life, claimed Grosskrauts. And then his lawyer has to chime in, calling the team an active shooter. Yeah, okay, like he's going, like he's in a school or he's in an area where he's just walked into a place and started blowing people away. Okay, like we've had some instances with schools over the last couple, two or three years here. Okay, that is such a. That just. An active shooter? Really? An active shooter? Your client is pointing a freaking gun at Kyle, and he's an active shooter. 
She says people need to pay attention to the inconsistent statements from the defendant. She had no, maybe we should pay attention to your client pointing a gun at Kyle. Okay, when somebody points a gun at you, you're being threatened and your life is being threatened. You have a you have the right to protect yourself. What's your name? Kimberly. Okay. Anyway, uh, and it goes on and um he says, okay, so it, it talks about Grosskraut's admitted during the trial that Rittenhouse only fired at him after Grosskraut's or Gage, let me, I'll use his first name because I don't know how to say his last name. He pointed a gun in advance at the teen. Okay? Following the shocking testimony, the prosecution team looked visibly deflated with the prosecutor, uh, James Krause, even collapsing his face into his hand. I saw the pictures on that. I was just laughing my head on, laughing my head off because I just looked at that and went, "Man, you know, you got you got your prosecution's witness sitting there saying he's pointing a gun, and it just blew there. The whole thing, the whole case has been a joke from the very beginning." But that was that was hilarious, and that was if you see pictures or you've seen it, if you go and watch the trial a little bit, go go to that section where he's interviewing this douchebag, and you'll see that, and it makes you laugh. Anyway, testifying on the, on the stand Wednesday, Rittenhouse 18 broke down into sobs while recalling the fatal shooting of Joseph Rosenbaum. Okay, this guy and this Joseph Rosenbaum was no angel, let me tell you. Okay. Um, and this is what happened, Rittenhouse, and I saw this. I watched the whole thing. Detailing the moment before he fired on Rosenbaum, he recalled Rosenbaum yelling, burn in hell, to him before Rittenhouse yelled, friendly, friendly, friendly. So he's trying to identify himself as a friendly, not somebody who is out there to cause problem, in an attempt to calm Rosenbaum. But he continued to chase him. The team described feeling trapped by Rosenbaum and another man identified during the trial as Joshua Zemsky, Zeminsky, who fired his pistol in the air. Rittenhouse said the man had the pistol pointed at him uh, during the incidents. Okay, so he's got a guy that is chasing him who is a who is a criminal, and who is a criminal. He's got another guy shooting in the air, and he's got this uh, gauge guy pointing a gun at him. I don't know if it's the same. I don't know if he's talking about the same person who had the gun who was shooting it, shot in the air. I can't remember uh, uh, specifically, but you got these three nuts out there who are who are threatening this this 18 year old kid. I, th- I think he was 17 at the time, all right, and threatening him. And this gauge is sitting there saying, "Well, you know, in my in my opinion, I don't think that he was in, in feeling like he was in imminent danger." Well, what do you what do you want? Okay, what do you want to show imminent danger? Okay, you got what three bullets in your shoulder? You got a, a grazed, uh, you're grazed with a bullet. You got three, like I said, three bullets in your shoulder, and then you're sitting there saying, "Oh, I got to defend myself." And that doesn't work like that. Before describing his actions to fire, Rittenhouse sobbed, and then there was a ten minute recess that was called. And I watched, I watched it because I. Um, you know, of course, the media is going to get on there and make this guy, this this kid, to be you know the next you know the devil. Uh, he's going to make him out to be a, a racist uh, pig. Uh, that this whole thing was motivated by race and things like that. So I wanted to watch because I, I knew when he started sobbing that they were going to make a big issue about this. All okay? right, so I watched the whole thing, and he begins describing you know the situation that took place with Rosenbaum. And you could tell that he was trying to hold back. 
his emotions as he was revisiting this this whole event in his mind, rebuilding this event in his mind. Okay, there's a lot of emotions that go on when you're kind of like trying to recount something so traumatic like this that you're sitting there and he's describing this thing going on. And you can tell him he starts to break down a little bit. He catches his composure. He tries to catch his composure. He composure. He tries to continue on again. I think he did this what one or two times, and then he finally he finally broke down, and he finally you know, was crying. And that's when the uh, that's when the judge called a recess for ten minutes for so he could get his composure. Um, he uh, earlier in the testimony, Rittenhouse recalled Rosenbaum yelling to him and a friend, "If I catch you, you effers." Alone, I'm going to effing kill you. The teen later being questioned by prosecution emphasized that he took the words as a direct personal threat. On another occasion, Rosenbaum told the two males, I'm going to cut your effing hearts out and kill you, in words. Uh, Rittenhouse said on the stand, claiming that Rosenbaum did not use the term N-word, but used the real racial slur. Um, he felt like, you know, Rena said the threat from his understanding was made directly to him and his friend. Um, he did not know if there was any other uh, um, prior threats that Rosabom had made. And so you got a you got a guy here that was, you know, listen, I'd be I'd be scared too if somebody was doing that. And um, you tried to sit there and identified yourself as a friendly. And this guy continued to chase you and continued to uh, scream and yell at you, said they wanted to kill you and that he was going to hurt you. And then you get these other two that are chasing you as well and shooting in the air and having guns point at you. I tell you what, it sure seems to me like um, there was much more than just getting caught because you got caught doing something that your parents didn't like. What a freaking joke. And then... I get online, then I'm online, and I see this wonderful post uh, by our our wonderful uh, social media and our, our conscientious um, our conscientious uh, professional basketball player um, and his remarks about Kyle as well. And I got to see if I can pull that up. What he said here. Uh, hold on for a minute. I got it. Got it here somewhere. Uh, boom. Um, no, that's not it. Hold on. There we go. This is what wonderful LeBron James uh, texted out. Okay, here's the here's the LeBron James who who thinks that policemen are going around hunting uh, blacks down and killing him for no reason. Okay, this is this is the this is the level of sophistication that this moron, uh, this moron, this this uh, this leader. Uh, supposed leader is is supposed you know this this is the logic that this guy has. LeBron, you just you just play basketball, okay? That's all you need to do. Otherwise, shut your mouth. We don't want to hear from you. We really don't. So here's what he has to tweet out. What tears? I didn't see one. Man, knock it off. That boy ate some lemon heads before walking on to into the court. And he was making reference to Kyle crying. You know, I said, I tell you what, LeBron, I'd like to see you on trial for killing somebody. Number one, probably would never get that way because you'd probably buy your way out of it. Number one, number two, I'd like to see you on trial on death row. Or I think this is a death a, a death case. I guess I'm not sure. Anyway, I'd like to see you on trial for your life 
at 18 years of age and see how you would react, you moron. I swear, I just like do it's like the Good Morning America is like douchebag number one. Then you got LeBron James, dude, biggest douchebag number two. Uh, has to sit there and put his. Hasn't this guy learned his lesson to keep his mouth shut? Huh? Just play basketball. That's all you need to do. Nobody cares about what you think. Nobody cares about what you think, LeBron. Nobody does. You know? Um, incredible. Incredible stuff. Um, it's amazing how uneducated people are. All you have to do is just watch. Always have to watch and listen. That's all you have to do today. You know? And then... Um, and then, as I was getting ready for this podcast, uh, Candace Owens gets online, and she talks about this case and how she goes. The uh, majority of Democrats don't even know what's going on. They really don't even know what's going on. They believe that they were there were two blacks, black people that were involved in this, and didn't even realize. Okay, didn't even realize that this this is a white man who shot the and shot at three other white men. Okay, had nothing to do with race, had nothing to do with anybody of skin of color, but yet Democrats believe that that this was a racial issue and that blacks were involved in this. And, and there's no, there's nothing there's nothing. It's just not true. And how stupid people are for believing what the media, what the media out there is trying to make the, to try to uh, demonize this guy. Um, for protecting himself. I can't believe it. It's just, it's, uh, well, no, you know what? In today's society, yes, I can. I can believe anything. I, I used to be able to sit there and say, I can't believe what I'm hearing in the media, you know, when I'd read a story or something like that or read in the newspaper. But today, I don't, uh, I, I, these guys, they, they, they sink to new lows. You think that, you think it's like Biden's uh, polling numbers won't ever get any lower, but they continue to get lower. It's like the media. You think the media has gotten to a low, and yet they they beat that low. They continue to drop lower, and they continue to drop lower. That's why they have no credibility. They have no credibility in anything that they do. Why is Good Morning America, this trial isn't even over yet, why is Good Morning America bringing on a, uh, a witness in the middle of a trial? It's like... Let's like let's let's bring on Maxine Waters and see what she has to say about uh, about uh, uh, Rittenhouse. That's that's what it's like, and that's what the media is. And everybody's starting to Don Lemon's Don Lemon and his CNN crap group is doing the same thing, demeaning and trying to uh, belittle this guy for protecting himself. This trial should have never gone should have never gone to trial. It should have never gone to trial. And it's, it's pretty obvious if you watch it and you listen to the prosecution's case. They have blown it up and down, sideways, back and forth. And they know that they've blown it. And there's no case here to begin with. And this kid is being dragged through this for no reason at all. Well, listen, Kyle, please hang in there, buddy. You know what? You're 18 years old. If you want to tear up and you want to cry and you want to get emotional, do so. Okay? You have a right to do so. You defended yourself the way you're supposed to defend yourself, okay? You did what you, you did what you're supposed to do, okay? In the circumstances that you are, and nobody, nobody can tell you how you were supposed to react in those circumstances when you're being chased, being threatened, being having guns uh, pointed at you. Nobody has the right to sit there and tell you that you did something wrong. 
when you didn't do anything wrong. So hang in there, Kyle. Okay, a lot of people are praying for you. A lot of people are uh, hoping that the jury will see the truth of what took place and that you'll be acquitted and then you can get back to your life if you can even get back to the life that you used to have. I doubt it because of your circumstances, but I pray for you. I hope that things uh, go your way and the media leaves you alone because that would be the right thing to do. I'm not anticipating the media doing that because, like I said, they're a bunch of douchebags. But you know what? I hope that they do, and I hope that they learn this lesson that, you know what? Um, Justice does work. It doesn't always fall your way, and justice does work, and you're innocent. And I really, unless there's something else that pops up in the case, in the trial that we don't have record of right now, um, I hope that everything works out for you, dude. Hey, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. And, um, you know, listen, uh, I would, if you don't, if you give offering prayers and stuff like that, I would, uh, I, I, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for Kyle and, and for, for his family and, and, uh, and hopefully everything, all the truth will come out, uh, which we've heard a lot of the truth has come out now and, uh, has exonerated this young man. So, 